The following is brought to you by Canyon Ridge Church at Tacoma. For additional podcasts or information on service times and upcoming events, please visit us online at www.explorecrc.com. Well, we're talking about these five areas that are so critical to life, so important. I mean, these are five key areas in all of our lives. And uh, faith is one of them, fitness, the other, family, finances, and food. These five areas. Most Americans really uh, pride themselves in their freedom. And in fact, of all the values that we have as a nation, freedom is the most cherished value. Even as Americans consider it our right our God-given right to have freedom. If of all the things that we could believe or hope for in America, that's the one thing we're willing to shed blood over. And just even recently in our country, you think about all of the soldiers who have come back from uh, war and are disabled or hurt or injured and some lifetime of suffering because they have laid their life down on the line for our freedom. It's something we cherish very, very, very much as Americans. In fact, if you infringe on an American uh, person's rights, they are not going to like it. They're going to respond strongly to that. And that's not something you see in the rest of the world. That's a unique thing to America. It's not that the rest of the world doesn't want to be free. They do. But it's just you go to other countries, that's not their number one value. Here in America, it is. It's something we cherish. It makes us incredibly unique in the world. Unique our country, the greatest country in the world, I believe, because of that unwavering passion and drive for freedom. Freedom for our country, for our nation, and freedom for each individual person. You want to contrast that freedom that we have and we share? Just watch a documentary on um, uh, North Korea or China or some of the other countries or or even, even Iraq or India or Pakistan And the freedoms that they have compared to the freedoms that you and I have. And what makes Christianity stand out and unique among all the other religions of the world is that Christianity also strongly values freedom. And probably because Jesus said it. Jesus said that that we are to be free and that we can be free. And so there's a strong value within our faith for personal, individual freedom and that our freedom is found in Jesus Christ. So I want to focus today, as we're talking about healthy and free, on this one aspect of it that Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 6. So we'll show it on the screen. You can turn in your Bible if you have one. New Testament, 1 Corinthians Starting in verse 12 for the 12s. I have a right to do anything, you say, 
So Paul is talking to the church at Corinth and they have this core value among them. And that value is we can do whatever we want. You ever encounter that before? You ever meet somebody that has that attitude? You can't tell me what to do. I can do whatever I want. You have a neighbor? You ever encounter that with your next door neighbor? Maybe your two-year-old has said that to you a time or two. You can't tell me what to do. They had this attitude. And so he says, retorts back to them, but not everything is beneficial. So he says it again. I have the right to do anything. This is their attitude. But I will not be mastered by anything. So he is saying, okay, you have this passion to be free. And nobody felt more free than the Corinthian church. I mean, their freedom was based around this concept that we should be free to worship God however we want. And so basically, if you went into the Corinthian church at the time, it was a free for all, man. It was anything goes. Whatever wants, you know, whatever you want to do, whatever you feel, let it out, let it happen. All this radical, wild freedom. They cherished their freedom. And Paul's saying, okay, I affirm that you're free in Christ, yes. But your freedom has limits. Let's frame this freedom. Let me tell, tell you, teach you how, what your freedom actually looks like in Christ. It does not look like you can do whatever you want. So he's correcting that, 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 that strong belief that you cannot do whatever you want. Your freedom is in varying degrees. And we understand this concept, right? I mean, you know that you're free as an American... But you're not necessarily free to do whatever you want to do. We have rules, right? We have laws. If you break those laws and you get caught, what do you lose? Your freedom, okay? That one thing you cherish above all things, you will lose that. You must stay within the parameters of this freedom that is so precious and wonderful. And Paul's saying your freedom in Christ is limited. Now, the basis for this, the reason why, I mean, why? Why can't we just do whatever we want, especially as it comes to worship? Why can't we just worship however we feel? And the reason, he says, is because we reflect the glory of God. We are a reflection of God's glory. If you're a follower of Christ, then you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit lives and dwells with inside of you. Paul told the church in, in Rome, he said that uh, you've been marked by Christ. That you bear on your body the markings of Jesus Christ. You belong to him. And so we're like a mirror. We're a reflection of the glory of God. And some people reflect that glory really well. And some people, not so much. You can, uh, if you have time, you can uh, cross-reference this with 1 Corinthians 10 and 23. And you'll see uh, that he builds upon this teaching about reflecting the glory of God and our limited freedom. So 
So as a follower of Christ, I reflect God's glory. So Paul is saying, listen, pay attention here to how you're reflecting. Pay attention. Pay attention to how you are viewed by the people around you as it pertains to Christ, as you are a representative of his. It has a huge impact on us, two primary ways. One, our influence to non-Christians. To the level that you reflect the glory of God is how it has an impact on those who don't know Christ, who don't believe in him. You represent Christ. You are a light to them, as well as your quality of life. So as you reflect more of the light of Christ and who he is, your quality of life goes up. It increases. Essentially, you live a better life than everyone around you. Now, can we all agree on this? There is a certain image of Christ that we understand that we know to be true. Right? So if I were to say... Is Jesus a smoking, cussing, womanizing God? Well, we can all agree, no, that's not the picture we have of Jesus. That's not the image he uh, he has. He never conveyed that image. So we see there are limits. That's not the image of the Jesus that we know. So we are free, but someone who reflects the glory of God has limits on that freedom. So therefore then, my essential freedom in Christ is to be free to be a slave. I am free in Christ so I can give up my freedoms. Free to surrender my freedoms. Free to be connected to Christ. This is how the Apostle Paul saw himself. This is how all the disciples saw themselves. They saw themselves free to be a slave to Christ. So when we're talking about these topics of faith and fitness and family and finances and food, we're talking about our freedoms to reflect the glory of God in these key ways. It determines how we live. Now, if we're going to understand what it is to be able to walk in that freedom, we must understand how the Corinthians saw it and how that relates to us. So, Let's take, for example, family. Your family members can offend you. They can hurt you. They can say something bad about you, mistreat you, damage your reputation, betray you. You can be hurt in your family. And every family has those things. Every single family, I don't care who it is. They all have those things that we all deal with. And so you exercise your right 
because your rights have been infringed upon. And this is precisely what the Corinthians were doing. They're saying, we have a right to do whatever we want because we're free in Christ. And so you say, I have a right to withhold affection from you because of how you treated me. I have a right to not trust you. I have a right to not communicate with you. I have a right to get even with you because you trampled on my freedoms. So we're asserting our rights. You ever met somebody that had something to prove? Was it something about that 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 stands out as in a person, you know? It's just so obvious. You know, I could give you tons of examples of this. Maybe one uh, that you would all identify with would be like a woman who is, how we say, uh, in the glory years. Is that a good way to say it? You know, she's, she's, she's beyond the younger years. We'll say it like that. She's, she's reflecting the grayness of the glory of God. But she's dressing like she's 15. Right? You've seen that? It's clear she's not 15. But she's dressing like she's 15. As if she had something to prove. So we see that in people all along. And if you have something to prove, then you are not free. If you have something that you're justifying, something that you're making excuses for, you're not free. If you have something that you're hiding, Tom Brady, you are not free. And I had a personal revelation of this for myself this past week. I went and saw my doctor on Tuesday. And uh, so we had this long conversation about all my health and, and everything, all the things I need to do. And he threw in that terrible word. I hate that word. He hits me with it every time. You're obese. And can't you come up with a better word? Um, but, you know, he, he throws it at me. All, and all you need to do to, 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 to lay it all out. And I was sitting listening to him and I'm thinking to myself, you know, when it comes to the category of food and fitness, I have simply lost control. It's out of control. I no longer can say I am con- in control as it pertains to my physical health. It has got beyond me. It has escaped me. And it was just kind of like a, and I know this is, so, you're like, duh, duh, so obvious to all of you. But if you've been lying to yourself for so many years and making all these excuses and inserting your rights, it makes you blind. You can't see. You slip into denial. And so I was always asserting my rights. You know, I have so much pain every single day. I deserve this cake and ice cream. I heard somebody say last week that every fat preacher has a skinny one that's trying to get out. I just keep mine muffled with Twinkies. Keep feeding him Twinkies. He never gets out of there. But we have all these reasons that I could at any moment bring off the shelf my justifications. 
And these are the reasons why. And I have them. Nobody can really talk to me about it. Nobody can say anything to me because I have my reasons that I use to keep myself enslaved. So you ought to be feeling pretty good about yourself right now. So let's talk about you. Some people, when you talk about money, they tense up. They don't like it. In fact, they get irritated. They start to boil. And the more you talk about money, the madder they get. And you, I mean, you, you, you mention money and you're a preacher. And they don't hear another word you say. In fact, they walk out the door and all of I just knew he was going to ask for money. I knew that was coming. That's all about money. If you've got an issue, you're not free. If you've got an issue in one of these areas, you're not free. Money has a hold of you. You are not in control anymore. And we have all kinds of justifications for this. You know? Oh, pastors, they just steal money. Oh, they're getting rich off that thing. You know, and you've got all your justifications so you can stay stingy, ungrateful, and a slave. Slave to money. Now, if that little bit just made you uncomfortable, guess what? <laughs> You're not free. Paul makes a profound statement here. He says in the last part of verse 12 I must not become a slave to anything. I am only to be a slave to Christ. That's it. That's where my, my, my slavery goes. And I'm, I'm a slave to Christ to give up my freedoms. We only have one master. I read an article this week in USA Today. It said the average smoker in Washington State who smokes his whole lifetime will spend $1.1 million on cigarettes. Now, I'm not hating on smokers, okay? Don't hate smokers. It's just, if you've become a slave to cigarettes, you're not free. It's mastering you. So what do you do? Well, you have to do what the Corinthians did. You have to surrender those rights. That's what I had to do. I mean, I had to stop the lying, stop the justifying, stop all the reasons why I don't have to do it, and lay all that down and surrender my rights to have what I want. That's the beginning point. It begins with that. You lay down your rights and you embrace your freedom in Christ, your freedom to be a slave to Jesus. No more excuses, no more justification, no more lies. So, dad to say, okay, 
Doc, I don't like the way you use that word, but I will become accountable to Gilbert Drew in my community group. And Gilbert, Gilbert's here, so I'm going to embarrass him. So we're having our little accountability discussion, and I tell Gilbert, yeah, Gilbert, I, I need, I'm going to lose weight, and I need to lose this much weight, and this is my plan. He says, yeah, I need to gain 30 pounds. I was like, <clears throat> new partner. <laughs> Just teasing, Gilbert, love you. But become accountable to him. Start the diet program. Start learning how to think differently. And start a new path. A new path of obedience. A new path of change. New opportunities. How can I reflect the glory of God when I'm dead? I cannot. You see, giving up your rights empowers you to see the truth. Empowers you to see the truth about how you are in fact a slave to money. You are a slave to a person in your family who has enslaved you through that dysfunctional, toxic relationship. You've become a slave to that. To food. To, to maybe there's an area of your faith that you've gotten so out of whack. You've become enslaved to that. It's no longer freedom in Christ. It's so easy to see that happen. And so surrendering your right empowers you to see the depth of your slavery. Here's a great question. And this is a question that I think helps uncover the truth. Is there anything I cannot give up? Thinking about these five categories, is there anything there I cannot give up? If you say yes to something, then that is your master. And let's hope that the only thing you cannot give up is Jesus. That's it. You can give up everything else. Otherwise, it may mean you're a slave to that. I cannot give a percentage of my income to the church because I'm a slave. I cannot give up comfort food because I'm a slave. And so on and so forth. Feeling condemned yet? The great thing is this. Jesus gives us this opportunity. He invites us to humble ourselves. You'll never get there as long as you're holding on to your pride. As long as you're not willing to admit your vulnerabilities, not willing to embrace the truth, you're going to be stuck there. And you'll be the guy trying to prove something all the time. And the rest of us are, we're not saying anything to you because we're not a judgmental church. But we're sure thinking it. Boy, is he trying to prove, or is she trying to prove something. 
And so we have to humble ourselves before God and say, Lord, I surrender my rights in these areas. And I want to see the truth. I want to see where I'm all bound up. And help me start down a better path to health. More health and freedom equals a greater quality of life and a more dynamic church. An exciting place where the presence of God is working and people love to be there because God is there. As people are engaged with him, they're surrendering to him, they're walking with him, they're changing, they're transforming. It's a great place to be. So pause with me for one moment, if you will. One moment. Close your eyes. Think. You got to think now. I know you're on autopilot, but think. Okay. You ready? Think about this. Is there anything I cannot give up when it comes to my faith, fitness, family, money, food? Food.